Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for giving us another opportunity to see a second Sunday of 2019. Isn't he good? If you love the Lord, say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's much better. Amen. Um, before I, before I, um, you know, go into the word, I felt that if, you know, we discussed about it with the elders in the sense that we intend to go into a week, a week's period of fasting for the church. Now, this is to put the church before the Lord and for his will to be done concerning Wellspring and the members of Wellspring. Now, this is for the elders to fast. And it's likely going to be from the 28th, the week of 28. Now, I'm announcing this to those who feel they want to join us to do it. It is not compulsory. If you feel you want to join us, if you cannot do from 6 to 6, if you can do from 6 to 12, let the Lord guide you. But if you cannot do at all, it's not compulsory, like I said. So, but the elders are going to do it because we want to put the church before the Lord. We want to put the members of the church before the Lord. Before Jesus started his ministry, he went into the wilderness. He concentrated himself to put himself in that mood. So, we feel that it is better we do this and um, let the Lord guide you if you want to join us. I think the agreement is that once it's six on that day that we'll finish, we'll all come here, break the fast in prayers, and then we go home. Basically, that's what we'll be doing, but it is not a must for members. So just if you can't do it, you can't do it. We understand. But pray for the elders. We all need your prayers. Amen. Amen. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight of January. Uh, not February. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Um, let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come into your presence this morning. We come into your presence because we recognize you as our Lord and our King and our Father. We have come because we want to feed from you. We have come because we want to rejoice and to praise your name and also hear from you.
Heavenly Father, our hearts are open and our minds are just there to listen as our ears are opened as well. Heavenly Father, we just know that we cannot be in any better place than being in your house. So we are here. Receive us. Let us receive from you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for all that you have been doing since the beginning of this year, Lord. As I stand here, Lord, I just ask that you use me. Speak through me. And let me also be a partaker of this that you're about to give unto us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What it is, is, I think my boys were playing with my iPad, so I don't know what they've opened, and it's locked up. Um, what it is, is, when this message was coming up, I, I, I made, I did say it in the Bible class. And I prepared for this message. And in the Bible class today, we were talking about the seed of the sower, or sowing the seed, the parable of the sower. And immediately I laughed. Why did, why did I laugh? Um, Sister Shola was wondering, and most people were wondering in the Bible class, now why is he laughing? Apparently, it baffled me because I couldn't believe it that this is what the Lord has told me. I'm here in the Bible class, and that is what we are discussing. And I started saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? At that period, it was like the whole of my, my system just shut down. Because, you know, when you are in a situation where you just feel you're caught unawares, that was the limbo I was in. I started asking God, God, should I just change this thing and just forget about the preaching and let's just say something else? All through that period, I never spoke during the Bible class. But towards the end, I did explain that, you know, I was a bit shocked because of the way that what the Lord said I should prepare is what we are discussing in the Bible class. So, what can I say? When God wants to do something, no matter the number of people that are there, we were only about seven of us or so, but the Lord said, you have to give the message which I gave you. Okay. We are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Now, 
I'm likely going to just take a few of the verses where Jesus was talking about the parable. In Matthew chapter 13, it reads, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things, to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, or soil, and they immediately sprang up because they had no doubt, no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. The last bit says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Most of us that have been in the ministry, we've heard this particular section of the Bible preached several times. And if I want to repeat that again, I believe it's almost going to be the same thing and it's almost going to be like a broken record. But that is not what the Lord told me. What we are looking at today is grounded together. Being grounded together. At this time, the Lord just pointed me to the soil and we should imagine ourselves as that soil. Not the seed, which was the main context initially, but the soil. There is a man of God called Stuart Briscoe. He's an evangelist and is an international speaker. He said this, when there is an earthquake, big buildings sometimes collapse while other buildings stand firm. 
They go through identical tremors, but the response is quite different. We talk about standing firm because we should make sure that we, that when the inevitable tremors of life come our way, our faith does not collapse, that it should stand firm at that time. Like I said, we're going to be looking at the soil or this, what we were talking about when I was reading it was the earth. The earth, the soil is all the same. Some of the soil that we read was on stony ground. We had the good ground. We had the ones that fell by the wayside, the wayside. So we had three of them. The good ground was the one that produced so much fruits, offsprings, but the one that fell on the rocky ground was able to grow, but the heat came, or the sun came, and they withered. And there are some that just fell and instantly were just picked by the birds. Okay. How does this relate to us? This is Wellspring. This is our church. This, to some of us, is where we come on a Sunday morning. There are some of us that are the good ground. Let's face facts. There are some of us that are the rocky ground. And there are some of us that were like those who have fallen by the wayside or the seed fell on us, but the birds came to snatch the seeds. Those on good grounds, they held on to that seed. Those on rocky grounds were able to hold on to that seed, but along the line, they couldn't handle it anymore. They let it go. It could be at their own will. It could be due to circumstances. The issue is this. People walk through that door into Wellspring. You don't know how they came in. You don't know where they've, what they've gone through. You don't know what really brought them in here? I am one of those. So are you. We moved down to this area. We felt we needed a church. Not that there was no church next to us 
few minutes away where we were staying before. But we just checked the internet and we saw Wellspring. We just said, oh, let's come here and see what's happening here. And I told the Lord, I said, look, if this is where we should be, can you drop it a bit? Sakwin. If this is where we should be, let something, something of the unusual happen. That was what I told the Lord. We got here, sat down, and when it was time to do the offering, Austin was six years old, my first son. And they called out for offering, and Austin just got up and went to collect the offering bag, and he started going around collecting the offering. And that hit me. Okay, Lord, is there something you're telling me? We didn't come back here for like two weeks or so. And then we came again. And that was where I got involved. Where I came from, I was like the technical person there. So when I got here, I saw the way they were projecting, saw everything, how it was going. I felt, no, I've come here and I'm not going to do anything. I just want to come, worship, and walk away. That is what I want to do. That was what I told the Lord. It's not that I can't go to a big church and go and fold my hand and keep quiet here. But there is something you need to know as Christians. If you're good in something, if you think you keep quiet and fold your hands, the Lord will pick you out. It is better for you to get yourself out there than the Lord picking you out to go and do it. And apart from that, it's even much better than the Lord replacing you with stone. He said that in his scripture. If men will not do or praise him, he can pick up stones. Elijah, especially when he was thinking he was the greatest prophet. And that was how I sat down. But out of nowhere, I wasn't comfortable with what was going on. And I just walked forward and I started projecting. And that was how my commitment into this church started. Now, I know I've digressed a bit, but let's bring ourselves back. We've got the rocky stone or the rocky ground. We've got the good ground and we've got the wayside ground. There are some people that have gone through so much. They've been through so much. And somehow they were led in here. 
The question is, they don't know what they are doing here. But anyway, the Lord led them here. They want to hear the voice of the Lord. They want to meet with people who will bring them together like a family. Hold them close. And tell them, you are loved here. This is where you belong. But they walk in. The seed is thrown on them. But the question is, how did they receive this seed? Those that were inside, did they help them to nurture the seed? So that that seed will grow? Or were there people inside who would have told them one or two things? Or have they come in and seen something that made them feel, why will this person be doing this in a church? Or why is this happening in a church? You see, all these tiny scenarios are the things the person picks out and then he makes a decision. Those things that were thrown, those seeds that were planted, but just because of the circumstance around that person. Oh, I saw a man who was maybe in the technical. I saw him. He was on his phone while they were worshipping. That seed is taken away. Which should have been planted. Then she he or she went towards the toilet and saw two people arguing in the church. People had to go there and keep them quiet. That seed that was planted that should grow was picked out. And some other seeds like that were being picked out. And what happens that wayside ground is empty. And at the end of the service, the person walks away without nothing. If that is me, I wouldn't come back because the seed that I came to receive, the progress, the upliftment, the blessings that I should receive and go along with for the week, just because of things that I saw, they are gone. And I've lost them. What about the person who is on, referred to as the rocky ground. Those seeds were planted. Well, it was watered. The Bible says the rocky ground had just a little bit of soil, but not much for the root to be had. 
and hold on to those seeds to produce fruits. These are different from the ground that was by the wayside. It absorbed the seeds. It absorbed the message. And it is growing. Praise the Lord. But somewhere along the line, the sun came. And what happens? The whole crop died. This is due to circumstances. Things have happened. Somebody was trusting God for something. He needed prayers. Or you need to pray. And all these things like, oh Lord, why is this happening? I am here. I have come to worship you. I need you for this. I need you for that. And still, I'm not getting it. But the Bible tells us that we should tarry. We should wait. But just because they, he or she or whoever the person is cannot handle it. The person feels I'll be shuttling two different or three different churches. I'll be going there, going there, going there. Where they say there's a miracle here, I'll run there to go and have a miracle. There's deliverance here. Oh, I'll run here to go and have my deliverance. Um, oh, there is um, a man of God coming in that place. Oh, I need to go and be there. Oh, why haven't you, we seen you in church all this while? Oh, yeah, I've been so busy. Okay. I wonder when we ask things from God and God tells us, sorry, I'm very busy. And finally, we have the good ground. The good ground, the seeds were poured in. They took it on board. It was watered because their focus was not on anybody but who? On Christ. Whatever happens, it just passes by and they're still focused. The seed was growing and it was watered. They listen to the word and it keeps growing. The sun came which shook those that were planted on the rocky ground. But still the good soil said that is not going to shake me. I will still serve my God. I have explained this three different scenarios. I said the title of the message was Grounding Together. This is Wellspring. 
do? The way I worship my God? The, when I call upon him? When I speak to him? How I praise him? Let's be real here. It doesn't bother you. And to be fair with you, I don't care how you do yours. Because when it comes to the day, when it comes to the day when we stand before God, I am not going to come and stand before God and tell God that, oh, I used to be an elder. I used to be a deacon in a church. I used to be this in a church. No. God will open my own book separately from your own book with you separately. So, let's be real here. I have come to the church because I want to serve the Lord. I want to worship the Lord. I want to praise him. I want to hear from him. I want to speak with him. I want to grow. I want to be nurtured. I want my seed to multiply, not even in tenfolds, not even in hundredfolds, not even in thousandfolds. I want it to increase multiple, much more than that. And that's the feeling we should have as Christians. Yes, the issue is when we become born again, we think. That is it. But that is not it. You see, when people walk into a church, it takes us as Christians how we welcome them. It takes us as Christians how we, we bring them close. It takes us as Christians how we call, call upon them, how we speak to them, how we make them feel that this is a home, this is a family. This is a place you can come to and you can speak to people and they'll be able to be there for you. Thank God Wellspring is a small church and we almost know one another by names. Yes, I know there are big churches out there but I can tell you if I'm in one of those big churches I'm going to be hiding. Why? Because what's the point? I want somewhere where I'll, where I'll be and I'll do something for God and I'll be proud I'm doing something for God. Not a place where I'll be that I want to do something for God and somebody will be playing politics with me or somebody will start giving me all this and all that. I don't want that. Whatever you and I do before God is for you and God, not for you and the pastor or you and the elders or you and somebody else. You want to say, hello, I'm here. That's not the point because the moment you start doing that, you're getting your reward already. The issue is that when people walk in here, we don't know where they come from. 
Just like what Stuart said. He said this. Let me give you three reasons why this is important. That is, why you see when there is an earthquake. Some houses stand, some houses don't. Some are firm, some are not. I can tell you there are some houses that are not even built with anything heavy. They will stand, and those that have rods and all these beams and so on, they will fall. But he said, let me give you three reasons why this is important. First of all, because faith has an eternal orientation. Some people come to faith initially because they have an immediate problem for which they see no solution and someone tells them that God can address that problem and bring them help and encourage them. Yes, there are some of us like that. I was one of those the first time I gave my life to Christ. I had no job. I had nothing. I was living on my own in a state where my parents weren't. Looked for a job and never had any and I felt okay. A friend just said, come, let's go. You know, God can do miracles. You don't know. God, okay, I've been hearing God since I was a small child because my parents were taking me to church. When the man called for altar call, I walked out. And I said, Lord, do mine. Yes, I became born again. Which was the second time. Because the first time, I said it here, I became born again in school. And just because I saw the way the leader of my students' union, who was a born again, misbehaved, I just backslided. Because I felt if he, who made me to come to know Christ, can start doing this, what's the point of being born again? That was how I fell by the wayside. So I trusted the Lord for a job. And to God be the glory, immediately I became born again. Few days after, a job came my way. And that was like a confirmation. And that is exactly what he is trying to say here. There are some of us who come to God because we need something. Yes, that is no crime. But the issue is you staying there and continuing. Because the most difficult thing about Christians is the act of you being born again, following the word of God, and continue it. And not to allow the birds to come and pick things off you. That is where, for the first time, when you know Christ, it is difficult to understand how do I protect my seed so that it doesn't get taken away by the birds. You need to get those who have been there to mentor you. You need to understand the scripture to guide you. And that is how you protect your seed. 
And as the seed starts to grow, I'm not going to tell you being born again, you're not going to face challenges, you're not going to face trials. The trials will come, the tribulations will come. But when they come, the Bible says, it will raise a standard against such that the Lord will not give you things, challenges that you cannot handle. That is in his word. And because it is in his word, it is settled. So no matter what I may be going through, I know I will overcome it because he has said it. And he is not a God that would lie. If you think that the God you serve is a God that is a liar, there is no point of you being here at all. That's the plain truth. But he has said that. So, and I hold on to that, his promises of me being a Christian and of him promising me this and this and this will be my portion. And if I can hold on to that, and the only clause he has is what? Obey my teachings. That is all. So if I can obey your teachings, you will do this for me. Okay, why not? I am ready to obey your teachings. And still, as we go on, it says here that they begin to understand. They begin to understand, however, that God, in His grace, not only deals with the immediate problem that the people who get to know Jesus, the solutions, the immediate problem that they have, is sorted by God. But God does not stop there. That's how great God is. He goes back. He goes back to things that have been taken from the path which was destined for you. And he brings them and aligns them onto your path. Have you experienced where there are things which you, you, you needed, things that you, you were expected to have gotten, and then suddenly God blessed you and you just feel every other thing is now falling into places? Have you noticed that? I have. God does not forget any one of us. He doesn't. Yes, we may be going through one or two challenges now or whatever, but he said, I will not leave you alone. All we need to do is just trust him. But it seems I'm going out of the way. Let's come back grounded together. What makes us grounded together? Those who are the wayside ground, 
those who are by the who are the rocky stony ground and those who are the good grounds we are meant to be together that is what makes the church that is why the scripture says iron sharpeneth iron because if I'm blunt on one side and you are sharp you are supposed to make me sharp I may not know something I may not know how to do something but because I have Brian there with me or Dave with me they have gone through something like that and they will tell me this is how you do it and that is what makes a family and that is what builds a church I am not here to tell you the answer to Jesus parable no that is not what he told me because if you read that parable by the time you get towards the end you will see Jesus explaining that parable to his disciples and people who were there. But no. The Lord said, no, 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 no. That's not what I want you to tell the church. This is what you should tell them. It is God's house. If this were to be your own house, would you fold your hands and watch? I don't think so. You will do something. God wants us to be involved. God wants us to be involved. I said this some time ago. And I'm standing on this ground which I know is a church and I believe we're in the presence of God. I have never and I'm repeating it again I have never seen someone who puts his hand or involves himself in truth and with clarity of mind involves him or herself to doing the work of God and never be blessed or never been taken care of by the Lord. I have never. And I'm standing right before you and I'm standing in the presence of the Lord and I'm repeating it. There are things you might do yourself without even calling on God because he already knows what you need or what you are seeking for. So, if you are taking care of his own house, how much more he who created you in his own image and in his own likeness 
will not take care of you yourself. I am not against prayers. Why not? Let us pray. Let us pray that God should answer our prayers. Yes. But there are times when you don't even need to say a word. It's just your action, what you do. I watched a movie, a Christian movies. I think it was a short. Yeah, it was a short video somebody sent to me. You know, within WhatsApp now, you can see people sending you, chucking you different things. And I'm sorry, some people must have sent me, and sometimes I don't even have time to, <laughs> to, to watch it, and I delete it. But this I watched. A gentleman, I believe some of us would have watched it. A gentleman was, was looking for a job, went to a church, and he was trying to prove that, oh, I need a job, and he was well-dressed, and he met a lady who was in the church, and that lady was sweeping the floor in the church. You know, he felt he's well-dressed, and, and the lady didn't bother, was sweeping the floor and said, oh, he wants to see the pastor, blah, 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 and so on. I can't remember the whole story anyway. Towards the end, the lady said, oh, um, Can I, is it, can I give you my card or something, something to do with card? And he said, if you can come with me, I'll go to my car, get my card. And the gentleman walked, walked out with the lady. He packed his car, not knowing, next to this lady. The way he saw the lady, the way she was dressed, he felt that, you know, maybe who is she anyway? He packed his car there. He went, opened his car, brought out something to prove who he is so that he can, she can pass it to the pastor or something. And she now went to her own car. And when he saw what she was driving, he was perplexed. What? That wasn't enough. When she now brought her card and gave it to him, he saw that she is a CEO of a big company. And he couldn't believe his eyes. Now the expression was, you're a CEO of a big company, you have a good car, and you're sweeping the floor of a church. Stick that side, that story aside, and understand what that means. We are in Wellspring. This is our church. As long as we are here, it's our responsibility to keep the church. It's our responsibility to look after one another as a family, as friends, and as colleagues. No matter what level you are, no matter where you come from, 
the most important thing is God sees all of us as equals. If you uplift yourself, it will bring you down. If you are down on your level, he will lift you up. That is in the scripture. You see, the most important thing for us here is to understand that we're in the area, we're in the era where things are now, you know, the world is trying to choke the Christians. But if you notice very well, the Christians don't go out to rebel. We don't. Why? Because we know that we serve a living God who fights our battle. Whatever laws they change, he knows. Because he has told us the end time is coming. And we are already at the end times. So let us search ourselves. What skills you have, what knowledge you have, do it for God. Don't do it for whoever is the pastor. Don't do it for the elders. Don't do it for anybody but him. Because he has your reward. He has kept us till this very day and he will continue to keep us. He will bless us and he will provide for us. The most important thing is for us to be steadfast. Second Peter 3.14 Second Peter 3.14 says, Be steadfast, therefore, beloved, looking forward to those things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. Whatever you do, wherever you go, let the light of the Lord shine upon you. Because there are times when you don't need to speak and doors will open for you. I promise you, I don't know why I'm repeating this, but I believe the God we serve is a God that knows us, knows our hearts. Just like Brother Len said before we started the worship, let us come together and walk together all for the glory of God. All for the glory of God.
and I trust the God we serve, he will keep us, he will bless us, and most importantly, he will surprise us. I know he will surprise us. You know what? I am so confident because I know how many times he's done it for me. I have been pinned to a corner where I know there was no way for me to get out of that. But how I came out, I don't know. I really don't know. But the only thing I know is that he did it for me. And he can do it for us. Let's be steadfast. Let's trust him. Let's have faith in the Christ that we serve. Let's not doubt what he can do. Most of the times we've had all the miracles he's done. But let's just, you know, throw everything aside and focus on him. Trust him. Don't be like that wayside ground. Don't be like that stony ground. But be like that fertile ground where come rain, come sunshine, that is my goal and I'm going for it. No matter whatever stands before me, I will go through it and I will go for it. And our goal is to inherit the kingdom of God. And how we inherit the kingdom of God? It is by being focused unto him and doing what he has told us in his scripture. I still say, the scripture says that there is nothing too hard for God to do. That is for sure. And who is he that will speak when the Lord has not spoken? If somebody tells you, you will never tell the person, who are you to speak when the Lord has not said so? Until the Lord says so, then it is settled. If the Lord has not said so, it is not settled. And that is what I believe. And that is what every one of us should believe. Trust the Lord. Be firm in the Lord. We're in the lighter days where people will come and tell you things to confuse you, to change your mind, to tell you all sorts of things. But trust the Lord and walk in his path. And I know and I'm praying that upon this place that I stand, this year, people will come out here and give testimonies of the goodness of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord help us. Let us pray. Father Lord, I thank you. We all thank you for giving us the grace to be in Wellspring. We thank you because, Lord, you are a God that will never lie. You said, I will never leave you 
neither will I forsake you. Father, we just received from you and we pray, Lord, that you will help us to focus on you and most importantly, be grounded together as one body in you, Christ Jesus. And our goal is to inherit your kingdom. And our goal is to inherit your kingdom together in joy, in love, in peace, and in unity. Father, you have taught us that parable. Help us to be the, the good ground that our seeds will be watered, will grow, and will bring forth fruits in multiple folds in the name of Jesus. Lord, I look up to you, and we all look up to you for testimonies this year, great and mighty testimonies in Jesus' name. Help us to walk according to your will. And help us to put our hands in the plow and walk in your vineyard. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.